Welcome to Brave Conversations with me, your host, Lee Sloan. As difficult as conversations can be these days, we believe that conversations still matter. Together, let's be brave enough to think, brave enough to feel, brave enough to change the world one brave conversation at a time. Well, goodbye 2020 and hello 2021. We were all so looking forward to it, weren't we? Some of us are filled with more hope than ever, and yet many of us don't have much hope that 2021 will be any better than last year. It's taken me a while to process what may or may not be going on in our nation. So here are some of my thoughts for you to chew on today. I know that if we come from different political camps, we view ourselves very, very differently, but I want to stop for a moment and take a look at what most of us have in common. Years ago, most of us noticed that political tensions began to rise. We found out that it was getting more and more difficult to talk about things like politics and religion. We didn't even know how to make jokes anymore without offending someone. Labels became the norm. Then we began to see people being fired from their jobs because of something they said or something they posted. That's about the time when I decided to start a little podcast called Brave Conversations. We began to see racial tensions rise over those years. Tensions that had been building, well, since a really long time ago. But as far as I'm concerned, when I was a kid, I remember it being um, Brodney King times. We saw rioting and tearing down of statues. We saw police brutality brought directly to our phones. And even brutality on police and innocent bystanders ensued. Just a few weeks ago, we witnessed the unthinkable. People storming the White House and wreaking havoc everywhere they went. And all of us regular people are watching our devices in horror. We don't know what to make of it. We let our sources that we trust tell us what to think of it. We have bits and pieces of information. We rehearse for ourselves stories of who did what and why. We try to make sense of everything and connect everything together in our minds. We then try to distance ourselves from the chaos by painting those who have committed such atrocities as differently as we can from ourselves, as far away as possible from the values that we hold dear of the labels that we wear. Little did we know years ago that with the advent of a little device called the iPhone, we became connected to a world we thought would be beautiful. We were excited about the prospect of connecting to those that we love or even to connecting with important figures and celebrities. We were excited about the possibility of having a voice with the whole world as our audience. Now we thought we would never have to be alone. But in this social experiment, we found a darker side. It's taught us that being connected to everyone in the world is actually somewhat of a foreboding thing. It means that maybe the whole world can love you, but also the whole world can shun you. Most likely, you'll get a very mixed bag of both loving and shunning. If someone interprets something you say in a way you didn't mean it, or if you happen to hold values that are not quite in line with the larger culture, you're out and maybe with no way to get back in. I was listening 
to some sociologists talk a while back, and they talked about the tendencies of people and groups. See, we all need have this need in us to belong. And at the same time, we all have a need to stand out. It's a paradox. We all have a desire to operate in a larger society and, you know, to conform to the larger society. I mean, it, it definitely has its advantages. In a society, you don't have to do all the work. You can rely on others to do what either you don't prefer to do or what you can't do all by yourself. In a society, you can achieve more than you ever thought possible. In a society, everyone gets on buses, trains, or cars and has to obey all the same rules. You end up losing a little bit of individuality in the process, but you begin to identify with your group at large, and you feel okay about it. There's a sense that we must all unite for things to work out well. We say the Pledge of Allegiance as a nod to the sense of this larger society that makes us strong. But what happens when there's too much conformity? What happens when the circle of conformity gets too big? Well, that's when we start to feel a lack of identity. Sure, we all go along to get along, but what really distinguishes me from someone else? When we start to buck the system, we start to create subcultures that rebel, even if it's ever so slightly, to distinguish the us from the them. Every generation tends to create its own subculture, from the hippies to punks to the hipsters of today. It's a familiar refrain. We want to create something different to distinguish ourselves so that by the way we dress or talk or act, we can signal that we're part of something unique, something that not everyone gets to be a part of. Whether it's bringing rock and roll dancing into a small town like in the movie Footloose or marching on the streets with BLM, it's an expression of who we are and who you're not. There's a sociological theory in this that society is in constant flux between both of those two paradigms, between the society at large and our smaller communities, between unity and the good of all to the benefit of smaller tribal groups, the people who really get me, the people who really understand me and accept me for who I am. Next time you watch a movie, you can see either of these values celebrated. Some movies you'll see the hero who goes against the grain and beats the odds, leaving all their naysayers scratching their heads, right? Others show the struggle that the main character has trying to do everything on their own until they finally realize that they do need their, a group of people around them, that they do really need that larger society. Now, on the flip side, these two paradigms both have a darker side. These two paradigms both have a darker side. Too far on the side of societal unity, and we have a scene from, just pick your favorite dystopian novel, A Wrinkle in Time, where everyone is marching to the same beat. Or in 1984, where even your facial expressions are scrutinized for signs of dissent. It's really very terrifying. Now, perhaps a left-leaning person might see nationalistic pride as a danger that can lead to racism and other forms of discrimination, while a person who leans right might see the greater threat as 
some sort of one world order that does not allow for freedom of speech, bearing arms, or the freedom to practice religion. Now, too far on the other side of uh, where we talk about group identity, we have mass chaos, like tribalism, toxic tribalism, constant struggle. Maybe on the right, we might fear this concept of identity politics, where the color of our skin becomes all-encompassing and the basis by which we make our judgments. While on the left, we might fear that a person who doesn't share a conservative Christian worldview won't actually enjoy the same rights in the marketplace as someone who does. Our Constitution is really very brilliant in that it seems to take this nature of humanity into account when it was drafted. The main part of our Constitution is meant for the good of the whole, to be applied to all people in this larger society we have. No one is supposed to be exempt. It's meant to help us get along and live at peace with each other. But then we added this document called the Bill of Rights, which was to make sure to protect the rights of those who wanted to stand apart, those who were different, who thought differently or acted with different values. It sought not just to keep us in peace and safety, but to keep us as individuals, free, or in our groups, our smaller tribes. Very few governmental documents acknowledge the importance of both the group and the individual such as ours. It really embraces the paradox of who we are as humans. But today we have such different worldviews from one another that lead to different ideas about how our larger society should be conducted. Just take COVID masks as, as an example. None of us wants to get sick or to have give sickness to one another, but some of us value the peace and safety of the larger society, while others hold with greater value the rights of the individual over the values of peace and safety. It seems that on the left and the right, we, we tend to pick and choose when to value our group, our smaller group or our individual rights, and when to value the larger society. Not only are we experiencing the contrast between the value for the larger society versus the individual or smaller tribes, we're also experiencing a discrepancy between what we think is true and what is actually reality. We use the word narrative to refer to the way that things are discussed in public venues. It's a narrative because it's a story, a story that may or may not be true, a story that may have true elements but maybe exaggerated or even omitted. We're realizing that there's an invisible hand with a motive that's driving the narratives that we follow. Back in the late 1800s, we saw this principle at play when newspaper owners like William Randolph Hearst began to realize that the more drama they could conjure up for their readers about the conflict happening over in Cuba, the more newspapers people would buy. Naturally, they begin to lie and make up stories about what was happening just for a profit. This led to actual war with actual lives at stake. When William Randolph Hearst sent his photographer, Frederick Remington, over there to shoot pictures in Cuba, Remington protested that things weren't actually that bad and that he didn't believe there was a need for an actual war. Hearst responded with this famous line, you furnish the pictures, and I'll furnish the war. <laughs> it reminds me of the line in The Princess Bride when Vicini is answering Fezzik after he says, You never said anything about killing anyone. 
and Vicini replies, I've hired you to help me start a war. It's a prestigious line of work with a long and glorious tradition. Two things can be equally true. It's possible that when things look placid on the surface, very sinister things could be happening underneath. And the same is true on the flip side. It's possible that things are not as bad as we think they are or as people are telling us they are until, of course, we think they are and then the powers that be benefit from the lies we've swallowed. For example, very few of us would endorse violence in any form, whether it's storming a police station or storming the White House. But obviously, there's a growing number of people who believe that such actions are now warranted. These groups are telling themselves different stories with the same basic plot. Basically, I need to take action or the bad people are going to destroy everything. The more that bad people are paid attention to, the more the other side is provoked to do things they would not ordinarily do. As the media amplifies the voices, the angry and the fringe, the reaction is that the numbers of angry and fringe begins to grow and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, I don't know about you, but physical warfare may not have yet come knocking at your door. I hope not. But we're currently in the midst of an ideological war. And I'm guessing 2021 will be a time of economic warfare. We'll find that the companies where we spend our time and our money will matter more than ever. No longer will we say the line, it's not personal, it's business. Instead, we'll realize the fact that business is inherently personal. All of us are looking for someone to trust. And I want to encourage you with this. It's easy to run into the safety of those who agree with you. And there's a time and a place for that. But I want you to resist the urge to cancel anyone from your life that makes you feel unsure or causes you to question the values that you hold. When we feel afraid, we often do the things that end up causing more fear, more disconnection, and more reason to be afraid. It's like that big dog that comes up to you in the park. You might have an internal sense of fear at its approach, but if you remain calm, your chances of being bitten go down dramatically. We've gone from information age to information crisis age. Fewer and fewer people really know what's going on. More and more diametrically opposed stories are being told. These stories can seem scary and cause that fight or flight response within us. Of course it's smart to be on the lookout and to think through the various possibilities. Even sometimes entertaining a few conspiracy theories I think is healthy. But we need to be students of the lessons of history and to know that things are not always as they seem. But we can't also forget to stay calm, to stay centered, and to stay wise. Wise about the things that we know that we know. Think of the power that just one thought can have in your mind. Just one story that's told can drive you to spend all your mental energy on survival. Not on creativity, not on love, not on joy, but on mere survival. In survival mode, 
Life becomes a zero-sum game. Nobody wins that game. Here on Brave Conversations, I want to provide space for you to connect with us, to think and to feel, to disagree and to wonder, to gain a bit of, a bit of sanity in the midst of all this chaos. I want to remind you that you're not alone, that even if you and I disagree, the fact that you're still here says that you're an open-minded person, a person that wants to grow and learn, a person who can tolerate someone who's not just exactly like them. I really think that this is the core of who we are as Americans. I think we led the world with that kind of thinking, and we can do it again today. So many other nations have been inspired by our history, imperfect as it's been. Countless nations on earth have chosen to pursue these ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It just so happens that as a Christian, I believe those values, while they don't encompass the fullness of who God is, they still reflect a very important part of God's nature and glory, a part that is ours uniquely as Americans to display. Many of us originate from nations around the world. We're diverse, and yet many of our ancestors came here for hope. That's the hope I want to hang on to. This is not a year of going back. If we're going to try to bring our country back to some long-forgotten era that we once knew, we're going to find ourselves bitterly disappointed. It's time for new solutions for a new era, even new language for those solutions. But the thing that stays the same is human nature. The thing that stays the same is the tendency we have towards selfishness, and at the same time, the hope we have for transcendence. This next season will look different than it did in our history books. So we have to take care to raise our awareness, to raise our level of thinking and discourse, to become more acute in our perceptions. We have to rid ourselves from lazy assumptions and destructive labels. We have to pursue truth wherever it is found, even if it's found in the mouths of our enemies. I hope that in 2021, truth will begin to shine again. I hope that in our communications, we'll lay down our verbal pitchforks that demonize those we assume are on the other side. To be sure, there are enemies in our midst, those that seek to destroy us as a nation and those who want to enslave us to themselves. Let's not let that happen. We must bear with one another as we talk out our differences, as we begin to distinguish what we know of truth between what we know to be a lie. We must carefully discern the intentions of those around us and not be afraid to reach out and have a real conversation. You know, it's in the times when we need human decency like and virtues like kindness the most that we begin to scorn or cheapen these kind of ideas. But I believe that if we can maintain the right attitudes in our communication and keep the lines open as much as possible, free from heavy-handed censorship, that the truth will indeed rise again. And the truth will do what it always does. It will truly set us free. Thanks for listening today, and I look forward to many more Brave Conversations with you. 